the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. No book on earth is deeper and richer than the Bible, and few passages of Scripture go deeper than the book of Romans. Welcome to Canyon Ridge Radio with Pastor Chris Chadwick, a ministry of Canyon Ridge Baptist Church in San Diego. You'll hear verse-by-verse preaching that will help you know and love Jesus in a personal and practical way. Open your Bibles with us to Romans and listen in to part two of this message in progress as we learn together from God's Word. Paul was saved. It doesn't mean that they can't be saved. Absolutely not. Jews all over the world are saved. There's countless numbers of Jews who are saved, but, but, but Paul is talking about the Jews at large have not been saved. And he says they are enemies. They are antagonistic. They are in opposition to the gospel. Even though they are enemies of the gospel, make no mistake. Listen to me clearly. Make no mistake that God still loves them. He says, as concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake, but it's touching the election. Here's a word. You should underline it, circle it, see it at the end of verse number 28. Even though they are enemies, they are beloved for the Father's sake. They are beloved for the Father's sake. The word for there is a key word in this verse. Even though they have rejected the gospel, even though they have turned their hearts away from Christ, Even though to this day, many believe that Jesus is a myth, God still loves them. For, you see it in the Bible. I mean, come on, you see it right here. For the Father's sake. Not for the sake of the nation of Israel. Not for the sake of the church. Not for the sake of the Gentiles. But for the Father's sake. Well, Isaiah 43, 25, bring that verse up real quick. I even I am he that blotteth out thy transgressions. Notice what it says. For mine own sake. God says this. I take your sin, and, and, and we don't use blotters anymore. We just delete stuff. But, but if you've heard the term redacted, like a, 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 a paper is written and then something is redacted, they take a black marker and they mark it out and you cannot see what was behind there or you blot something out in that day. They would take something and, and then they would take a, a, an ink pad and they would, they, would, they would blot out what was said so you could not see what was done. You'd have no idea what was done. And the Bible says this, I'm talking about our sin. I even I am here that blotted out thy transgressions or thy sin. Why? For mine own sake. Now, praise his holy name. We are greatly benefited by the forgiveness of God. Can I get an amen in the crowd? We are greatly benefited by the forgiveness of God. But understand, the greatest beneficiary in the forgiveness of God is God. I'm the one that blots you out. Why? For mine own sake. And notice what he says. And will not remember thy sins. Well, pastor, I can't come to Christ. You don't know how bad I did. and God couldn't forgive me. 
Oh, dear friend, no. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. All sin. And, and the Bible says, your sins and iniquities I will remember no more. Well, yeah, but he'd like to remember them. No, 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 no. He would not only not like to remember them, he chooses to not remember them and he blots them out. And in case you were wondering what that means, I will not remember your sins. But you don't know what I did back in 1997. There I was listening to Tupac in a lowrider smoking weed driving down Skyline Boulevard. I don't remember that. Well, why don't you remember that? For my, this is the Lord, for my own sake. I don't remember it because I choose not to remember it because it benefits me to not remember your sin anymore. I have blotted out your sin. And I can't remember that. Well, I was in my small town and you don't know what I did and what I said and how my actions destroyed that marriage and, 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 and all of these things. And people say this all the time. God could never forgive me of that. Oh no, he can, he will, and he won't remember. Well, how come I keep remembering? Well, that's the question. You know why you keep remembering? Maybe because you don't understand that God does not remember. And God will not bring up what he does not remember. He can't. Well, God knows everything. Yes, his omniscience knows everything. But boy, isn't this a beautiful mystery. He knows everything, but in his omnipotence, he has chosen to blot out your sins and your iniquities for his own sake. Well, but this is what I did. Yeah, well, this is what he did. Well, what did he do? He died on the cross for your sin. And his blood washes away your sin. And your sins and iniquities I will remember no more. And I will blot out your transgressions for mine own sake and not remember them. Well, but pastor, I, I was in Thailand. And what I found is that what happens in Thailand doesn't stay in Thailand. Or I went to Vegas and I found out what happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas. No, sin never stays where it promises to stay. Sin will follow you and follow you and follow you. And the only freedom from sin is the power of the precious blood of Jesus Christ. I want forgiveness from my mistake. Trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. Well, I'm going to work really hard to try to make Jesus love me. You can't work hard to make Jesus loves you, love you because the Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You try to work your way to heaven, you can't have it. The way that you enjoy this forgiveness is humbly coming to Jesus Christ and saying, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. I trust you as my Savior. And Jesus applies the blood of Jesus to the blood of the lamb to your life and it blots out your sins and it blots out your iniquities and he'll remember them no more. That's why some of you talk about, well, when I was a kid, this is what we did. Hey, why are you talking about that, bro? Jesus forgave it. Well, I did. Jesus forgave it. Well, I feel like, no, you don't need to bring that up. Now, if you want to talk to a pastor and bring it up, we'll help you through it. But here's what we're going to remind you of, that you've been forgiven. 
You've been forgiven. Look at somebody and say, I'm forgiven. Do a better job. I'm forgiven. Think of that massive sin in your life. Look at somebody and say, you're doing it like white people in a bad church. Look at somebody and say, I'm forgiven. Don't look at me. Look at somebody next to you. We'll stay here all day. I'm watching. Look at somebody and say, I'm forgiven. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. If you're here and you know Jesus, you're forgiven. And he's blotted that out. And Paul is saying of the nation of Israel, verse number 28, they are, uh, verse number 28, I should put my glasses on, uh, that they were enemies, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sake. And then he goes on, it's a promise assured, verse 29, for the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. God's not taking this gift back. God's not taking this gift back. He's not taking it back from the nation of Israel, and he's not taking it back from you and me. The Bible is clear that God is not a man that he should lie, Numbers 23, 19. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? Malachi chapter three, verse number six. I am the Lord, I change not. Paul is clear here, talking about the gospel, in particular here, justification of the nation of Israel. And he's allowing us to see into the character of God. And let me see verses 30 to 32, that God is constantly at work. Verse number 30, and as ye in time pass have not believed God, yet now have obtained mercy through their unbelief, even so have these also now not believed that through your mercy they also may obtain mercy. For God hath concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. Now, normally mercy means not getting what I deserve. Here in verse number 30, mercy is talking about salvation in Christ. In times especially you have not believed God, but now have obtained salvation in Christ through their unbelief. In other words, Gentiles, because of the disobedience of the Jews, you have been saved. In other words, because they rejected Christ, you now have. And we, we dealt with this for a couple of weeks through Romans 11, that because of their unbelief, you now have opportunity to be saved. And in verse number 31, even so... Look, look in verse 31 in your Bibles. Even so have these also now not believed that through your mercy they also may obtain mercy. Um, in seeing you come to Christ, this will provoke. It's a, it's a build off of verse number 11 of chapter 11. It will provoke and challenge the Jews. Your salvation will challenge the Jews that they will become jealous of your relationship with God and they will one day be saved. And that's the passion. That's the desire. That's the pathos of this verse that, that because God showed mercy to you, he will one day show mercy to them because they'll develop a, a, a spirit of, of jealousy, of, of positive jealousy. Like I want what they have in a positive way. I want a relationship with God like they have. For God, verse 32, hath concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. Jew and Gentile alike are in unbelief. Make no mistake, you are here today, and we said it at the beginning, and you are a sinner. There is no doubt about the reality that you are a sinner, just like I am, and we need a Savior, just like Jesus is. And God has concluded everyone to be a sinner, everyone 
to be in unbelief. Why? That he might bring salvation upon all. All that will call upon his name. All that will, will ask Jesus to save them. He desires to save you from your sin. And if he has saved you, he, ha- he will never remember those sins because he chooses not to. God is constantly in work. And then we see verse 33 to 36 that God is beyond our understanding. Oh, the depths, verse 33. Oh, the depths and riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. The word depth means greatness, immensity, profoundness. Riches means abundance. Read it with that meaning in mind. Not trying to change the Bible at all, just to give us a, a, a deeper insight. Oh, the greatness and the abundance, both of the wisdom, the, 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 the biblical understanding and the knowledge, the gnosis. God knows everything about everything, and there's nothing God does not know. Somebody said to me one time, God knows everything that can be known. Dear friend, there is nothing that God does not know. There's nothing that God does not know. No. The Bible verse number 33 goes on to say, how unsearchable are his judgments. Hey, there's nothing God doesn't know. What you're going through right now, God knows. Your heart's broken today, God knows. You need encouragement today, God knows. Your finances are jacked up, God knows. You're worried about your health, God knows. God knows. You've got a wayward child that's walked away from Jesus and you're not sure how things are going to work out in their life. God knows. I mean, that's what the scripture helps us to see. Oh, the depths and riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments. Unsearchable, impossible to discover, incomprehensible. The depths or the end, they're unsearchable, are his judgments. Normally a, a legal term is often used in the negative as a, as a judgment that a judge would pronounce on a person. But it also has a, a very positive meaning of a person's ability to make wise decisions. How unsearchable, how, how beyond our comprehension, how undiscoverable are the um, works and the judgments and the decision-making capacity capabilities of our Lord and Savior. How unsearchable are they? If you like what you've heard so far, check out CanyonRidgeRadio.com. You can see videos and listen to hundreds of Bible messages that will help you in your walk with the Lord. You can also send a message to me and Pastor Chadwick. Check us out at CanyonRidgeRadio.com. Now, back to the message in progress. How unsearchable. And his ways past finding out. When I was a kid, my dad used to watch cowboy movies. How many of you grew up watching cowboy, cowboy movies? Way better than Star Wars. Guys like Roy Rogers. Roy Rogers would have shot Darth Vader in about scene one. That's why cowboys weren't in Star Wars. Can I get an amen? All right. 
get an amen. And you're like, I don't know about that, Pastor. Oh, you, you're right. You don't know. John Wayne watching up, you know, growing up watching those movies. Uh, Audie Murphy. Come on. The greatest American that ever lived. Audie Murphy. Um, I'm trying to think. And in every cowboy movie, you always have a town that is being assaulted by a criminal and then like robs a bank or steals the young maiden and then they ride off. And then the town, I don't know what's up with these town people. It took them a while to figure out what to do because they would eventually get a posse together. And sometimes it would take them days, you know, to put a posse together. And they get a posse together and they start following the, the, the criminal wherever it is that he went. And in every posse of every good cowboy movie, there was always a tracker. How many of you remember the trackers that were out there? And the tracker would like, they would go and then they'd stop and everybody would get around and there'd be this one guy. He was always a quiet guy. There were never any bombastic trackers. And the tracker would get off and he would look down at the ground and he'd go, hmm. By the shape of the left hoof print, I could tell that this is his horse. And he is traveling at such and such speed and he's limping a little bit and he'll arrive in Tucson at 9 a.m. Tuesday morning. And so he's 12 hours ahead of us. We should hurry. And then they would take off and he'd come to another place and he would see a, a piece of broken grass, you know, on the side of the road and they would stop. Oh, he has been this way. The grass is broken and he's still on his way to Tucson. But now because of the, the way that the grass is broken, the, he's only four hours ahead of us. I mean, it was like the tracker was the original Google Maps. I mean, the guy could just get you anywhere at any time, anyway. That was the original tracker. And, and they always could get you there. They were amazing. I remember going in my backyard trying to track like, oh no, that's my poodle's print. And, and, and that's the best that I could ever do. And, um, and, and they were always able to find it. Here's what the scripture says about God. Here's what it says about God in verse number 33, that he's unsearchable. And his ways are past finding out. He's impossible to be traced. He's literally without a trace. His ways cannot be known. Look at verse 34. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Or who hath, who hath known the mind of the Lord? Or who hath been his counselor? God never needs counsel. Who had known the thoughts or the counsel, the word mind? Who had known the thoughts or the counsel or the purpose or the opinion of the Lord? Who's able to provide God wisdom? Who's able to provide God insight? God never needs counsel. God never needs insight. It's as though the Apostle Paul is saying, hey, hey, remember a nation of Israel and the way that I'm dealing with you and Gentiles, remember what I'm doing. But as I come to the conclusion of this entire matter, I'm saving my credentials for the last thing to be said in this trial. I'm saving my credentials for the last thing that need to be said in this case. I'm saving my credentials and I just want you to know a couple of things. You, you cannot know my ways and I don't need counsel. People say, I, I told the Lord what I think he should do. Well, that's foolish. You might pray and ask him to do certain things, but telling God what to do is foolish. 
He doesn't need our counsel. He knows what to do, praise his holy name. He sees over the hill and around the curve and over the bend, and he knows what's up. He doesn't need counsel. And by the way, he's never under obligation. Verse 35, who has first given to him and not and it shall not be recompensed unto him again? Who, who, who gave to God first? Who, who does God owe? God owes no one anything. No, no one's the initiator of a relationship with God. If you're here today and you feel that gnawing in your heart to have a relationship with God, let me be super candid. The Bible says no one comes to the Father except the Spirit draws him. God is always the initiator. And if you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior and you feel like, I need to do something, let me just be super candid with you. That's God speaking to you. God wants you to be saved. God is talking to you. God is drawing you to himself. God is pulling you to himself. Nobody... Nobody initiates a relationship with God. That starts with the Lord. It's God that does the work. Who does God, this is what, he, what he's saying, who's first given and it shall not be recompensed to him again? Now we give and people owe us and we owe people all the time. I was in Florida this week with some friends from college, some pastor friends in Florida. It was a great time. It really was. We had a great time. And I caught the biggest fish in my life. Freshwater. It was awesome. I love that. It was about that big. And uh, no, it's huge. And, um, and we had a great time. But every time we would, we would stop to get gas, we would go eat or we would do something, it became an argument. It was like, you paid last time. It's my turn to pay. And they're like, no, you paid last time. No, I didn't pay last time. You paid last time. I owe. I owe you guys. I have to pay. And then somebody else. And then it finally came to me. I'm like, okay, you guys fight this out. I won't pay anybody. I'm fine. I'm kidding. I would pay. And, and we'd just go around because, because we didn't want to owe anybody. We wanted to do our part. And it was all done out of love and humor and fun. But we, we didn't want to owe anybody anything. Who, who does God owe? God doesn't owe anyone anything. Who first gave to the Lord and it's not been recompensed to him again? God, God's done it all. And then verse number 36. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. Here's verse 36. God deserves all the glory. All comes from God. All lives by God. And all ends in God. And Paul is speaking of God as the originator, the, the sustainer, and the goal of all creation. It's all about the Lord. It's about God. Well, why would God do all of this? Because really, it's all about him. And he deserves all the glory. He's never under obligation. He never needs counsel. His ways cannot be known. He's beyond our understanding. Well, well, Pastor, I don't understand why God's done some of the things that he's done. You're right. You don't, and neither do I. Amen. I don't understand everything that God has done. But that doesn't mean God doesn't understand what God's doing. God doesn't uh, fail to understand what he's doing. His ways are past ours. 
His thoughts are above ours. That's why it's silly to think that the Bible tells you to do one thing and you say, well, I'll do another and God will be okay with that. No, no. God's already given his word. God desires that we would, we would submit to him. God desires that we would love him. God desires that we would follow him. God desires that we would obey his word. Christian brothers and sisters, I've had a lot of testimonies. Paul's, Elijah's, Gentiles, David, the patriarchs. I've had a lot of testimonies of people talking about how God is still going to save the nation of Israel, how God still loves people, and God loves people everywhere, and God wants people to be saved, and God desires people to be saved. But the last and greatest witness is God as God's witness. Because when he speaks, only truth comes. And here's what he says. I love you, and I love them. And I'll save you, and I'll save them. And here you are today at Canyon Ridge Baptist Church, wondering what way is up, and God is saying, I'm up, and I love you, and I'll forgive you of your sin if you will ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and to be your Savior. And then he's speaking to believers, saying today, why are you making this so complex? Sometimes I say to young people, here's thinking, and you're going over it. And you know how most Christians live their Christian life? Here's thinking, and you're going over it. Stop overthinking the Bible, Christian. Just follow Just trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. I don't know what God's speaking to you about, but I know he's speaking to you. And he loves you. He wants to give you heaven. You've been listening to Canyon Ridge Radio with Pastor Chris Chadwick. Tune in next week as Pastor Chadwick continues this powerful series of messages from Romans. Speaking of, if you have any questions about what it means to be a Christian, the Bible, and how to go to heaven. We invite you to visit CanyonRidgeRadio.com for more information. We hope this episode of Canyon Ridge Radio has been an encouragement to you. Canyon Ridge Baptist Church is a growing church located in beautiful San Diego, California. If you're in the San Diego area, make plans to visit us this Sunday at 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 5 o'clock p.m. at 6866 Linda Vista Road. For more information about our church, pastor, or how to know Jesus as your Savior, visit our website at CanyonRidgeRadio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.